what up what it do what the business is this is the on deck tv podcast i am spike lou no animal brown this week i know you're expecting to hear that raspy voice but i got some of my my guys from out here in the internet podcast streets to come help me out so before we get into the topics before we get into what we usually do over here at the on deck tv podcast i'm gonna let them introduce themselves starting with you jeff what you doing? What's going on, baby? This is your boy, Big Jeff. You know I'm from FSP, Realville Media, and the new 808s and Chair Shots, the wrestling podcast. But I get to talk some hip-hop tonight. Appreciate you, Spike Lou. Man, I'm happy to have you, brother. <laughs> I got my uh, guy, yeah. a normal long here, my guy, Chris Platy. What's up, sir? What's up, Spike? You know you're my favorite on-decker because you pronounce the Platy, right? <laughs> you know that. You know that's you know, true. Speaking with that Juan Shui that you supposed yeah, to speak. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't, it ain't played like some of these people. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. man. I'm, so I'm look, glad to be back. Of course, of course, man. So look, with the On Deck TV podcast, as I mentioned, Animal Brown is out this week, but that ain't going to stop the show. It's going to go on as he would love it. What we're going to talk about, Florida rapper Zoe Dollars, he gets shot outside of Miami. That prompts Fab to put out a questionable statement. Also, QC employee states uh, something that Gucci Man said after the battle. We'll revisit him and Gigi's... Uh, kerfuffle at the verses and also meek mill and academic share some words on the new clubhouse app we'll talk about how rappers address academics but first here recently lil wayne i'm gonna say this because animal brown's not here your man's jeff uh recently released that he sold his catalog for a whopping 100 million dollars this information came out because he was being sued by his previous managers. I have two questions for you guys, and I'll start with you, Chris. Did Wayne get enough for his catalog, or was he robbed? And secondly, who do you think has the most valuable catalog in hip-hop right now? Mm, that That's good. So first off, I do want to say Wayne got robbed. There's flat out no way he's under 150. The dude is looked at as one of our goats in hip-hop, and that's the most popular and impactful genre in the world, hip-hop, we're talking here. He has probably one of the largest discographies of any artist, so just off sheer volume alone, you have enough. He's one of today's most influential artists in hip-hop. He's a big reason for the sound and style being the way it is today, so I think that his music will age even better than most of his contemporaries. You know, the one thing I will pull away from it that's positive is you know, I get a hundred million dollars. I'm no math guy. Maybe over the course of the lifetime, um, you know, Wayne wasn't going to get that from his streams or, or the next couple of generations. But I imagine that pre- common business practice shows me that they're buying it for a hundred million if they're expecting to make at least 250. I think it's really cool the idea to be able to six, seven, eight generations removed from you, be able to continue to bring income to your estate, to your bloodline. And even if it's, you know, your great, 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 great grandchild gets a $200 check, you know, uh, that's, that's a cool thing for me to be able to say that, yeah, this comes from literally generations ago and you're, and then you're, and then you're, you're, you're descendant of that family, your ancestor can look all the way back to your music, to your podcast, to your whatever you own and say, wow, that's actually coming to me from that. But it is cool to see our culture get bags like this. Like, I mean, we just saw the Bob Dylan thing for 200 million and for Wayne to get 
throwing a hundred million is is a cool is a cool look because people kind of look at hip hop a certain way. You know that you know that especially with older generations. So for for us to be able to show what hip hop is worth is a cool thing. Everybody could say Kanye could say his music is worth five five hundred million. You know we could say on deck TV podcast it's worth ten billion dollars. But until Revolt Science. <laughs> Listen, I'm speaking it into existence here. I got you. Just break me off a little change here. Got you. But until Revolt signs on deck for ten billion dollars, which will happen, it's it's not going to mean anything. Everybody's net worth and stuff is like it doesn't mean anything. Anybody can throw out any figure to see an actual hip hop artist get one hundred million dollars is just uh, is is a cool thing, even though it is a it is an underpay. Um, and then as far as the catalog goes, if I had to guess my quick answer without thinking would, would be Drake or Kanye. I just think that their music is some of the music that will continue to age very, very well. I see you riding the fence there in true animal Brown fashion, filling his shoes very well, sir. Uh, Big Jeff, <laughs> hey, that's what we Chris's do. Absolutely. <laughs> Big Jeff, tell me, did Wayne get jobbed here? No, I, I wanted to say, yeah, first, then I thought about it. Wayne's run was a his original global international run started with mixtapes can't, can't make dollars off of those you, you gotta take that equation out then you look at his albums starting from carter two when the commercial success really came yeah he went platinum out the gate with uh, black is high and things like that but you look at really when he started to make moves was carter two so carter two to present with the guest features that weren't really his records I can see 100 million being exactly where it needs to be because mm. you got to factor in what percentage of those records does he really own? Looking at you, Birdman, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. what percentage of those records does he really own? So that's really a come up from Wayne. And let's be honest, Wayne probably needed that. Everybody needs 100 million, but Wayne, yeah. probably, but Wayne probably needed that plus some to kind of make up for that lost time of with the money that he lost when he wasn't recording. I want to say Kanye, but if you think about Kanye samples a lot. So mm -hmm. if you factor that in, I would, say, I would go with Drake just because he doesn't have his big, some of his bigger records aren't samples. Like Jesus Walks is a huge record for Kanye, but it's two or three samples in there, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I know it's at least one. To piggyback off of what you guys were saying, did he get robbed? Listening to that Bob Dylan number, I think he did. Cause I think I'm not too familiar or versed in Bob Dylan, but I'm not sure how many big songs he has. And when you're talking about these catalogs being purchased, you're talking about replay value, commercials, movies, mm -hmm. uh, where are companies going to be able to package Little Wayne songs? And I mean, when you're talking about movies, I mean, I could see some genres using Lil Wayne. So I, it seemed like a fair deal on both ends. Um, had Wayne waited, he probably could have gotten a little bit more. Uh, but I mean, he wasn't recording for a while, like you said, Jeff. So you take what you can get right now, and then you know, hopefully he can put some more songs out. Of, I'm not sure if it was full catalog. To give a comparison, The Dream sold 75% of his catalog for $23 million a, a couple of years ago or earlier this year. So almost same vein, not quite Bob Dylan, the Lil Wayne numbers, but just to give you an idea. And I remember other people like Rizzo were selling theirs off. I think he may have gotten between 50 and 75. So those are the other numbers that are out there. Wayne has mm -hmm. gotten one of the bigger numbers from uh, selling his catalog in general. Who do I think has the 
uh, most lucrative catalog to date, Eminem. What? Movies, commercials. Eminem has sold more records, so I think his catalog would be more valuable. Companies are probably more uh, familiar with his songs because they've been out there a little bit more. He gets more spin than a normal hip hop artist. So Eminem, I feel like you're gonna see that in movies for a long time. You're gonna see those in commercials. You're gonna see it shoot commercials, NBA league promos. They'll regurgitate some of the old Eminem tracks. And he has a lot of songs to where you can apply that stuff. If I had to go second, I would go Kanye. Kanye was doing that stadium music stands. Yeah. And he was doing all the big records, uh, most of the graduation tracks. You could tell that he's often and always thought about the replay value of his songs, where they could be placed at a later date. So I would go Eminem one just off default because he sold the most probably records of all the people that we could think of. And his songs could be applied in more places just because of the universal factor. And then Kanye West next you know, lose yourself, I think you can market for the next 500 years. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. one of the points, like you got to lose yourself in days like that. And then, but right. I don't think Jay-Z has enough big songs to get a big number. His value add comes from his business standpoint, like title and the other things uh, that he brings mm -hmm. to the table. Disagree or agree? Uh, I would dis I would decidedly disagree with that. I think Ho's catalog is, you know, he's got enough hits, but I, I see when we're splitting hairs amongst the greats, I guess, Agree to disagree, I guess. So not a strong disagreement, but agree to disagree. And you got to factor in Jay's writing credentials too. So that changes a lot. Moving on, uh, just recently, Florida, Miami rapper Zoe Dollars was shot heading into Tiana Taylor's, uh, I guess, farewell party or some type of party she was having down in Miami. Uh, he did get shot in the leg five times while he was sitting outside of a getting shot in the leg five times nuts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was sitting outside with a female friend. She did not get hit. Zoe Dollars in stable conditions right now. Thoughts, prayers, his family and friends. Based off that King Von pop smoke earlier this year, of course, Nipsey Hussle last year, fabulous post on Instagram and said that being a rapper is the most dangerous profession respectfully. My question to you guys, whoever wants to take it first, is do you agree with Fab about rap being the most dangerous profession? No, he's not right. But he got that from Jim Jones, though. Like Joe, Jim yeah. Jones said it first and he got all the flack on the online for saying it. I get yeah, what they're I get where they're coming from. Cause you keep hearing stories like this, and you think, well, he's at the club. To a rapper, going to the club is technically like your job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's a part, it's a part of your job description. You have to go. Especially if you do certain type of music, like Lou, you might remember we we saw Zoe Dollars in Revolt Conference when he first premiered. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the type of music that Zoe makes, he's got to go to the club. Like yeah. you can't make that music and go sit in your house all day. That ain't gonna work. It might it might not be the most dangerous job, but it is a damn dangerous job today. Um, I think of particularly the role that labels and media outlets have in hip hop. When you look at the labels wanting you to do the Takashi type shit, which puts you in a lot of risky and dangerous situations. And a, a, a thing that's not talked about is that a lot of artists don't have the security that's required to do those antics. And so as a result, these artists are looking to their community for protection. Like, I mean, look at look at the stuff we're seeing with Casanova and G Herbo. We don't know how well they're linked to their, their cases, but just by name, just by association, it's almost guilt by association. So you look at how hard it is to be a J. Cole or a Kendrick 
you need that hip hop media narrative. You need that. Oh, look at him. He's just a good kid that just like he grew up in a bad environment. And now, you know, Kendrick and J. Cole, Kendrick often talks about him being able to to pull off the Trojan horse narrative that he has. That's a luxury that hip hop media outlets, I think, only afford to a few artists. It was a it's a lazy take. I won't say that being a rapper is not a dangerous job, but it's it's a lazy take in the sense of I Googled the most dangerous jobs in America after he said this, just to get an <laughs> idea of, uh, of what they were. And of course it was like logging and, and just different mm-hmm. crazy stuff, mining, things of that nature. So those jobs have elements or they're done in environments that you really, you can't control the environment. That's why they're so fucking dangerous. Like you have right. to go out there in that element and do what you need to do to do it. I think rappers have a little bit more control over their environment than they want to take credit for. Uh, you were right, Chris, you hit on a good point where they have to be out there. Or, I mean, Jeff, you gotta be in the club, you can't sit in your house, but there's also a way that you can move. And there's also a way that you can conduct yourself where you're not bringing that negative energy towards you. Like rest in peace to King Vaughn and Nipsey and those people, but it was documented of the altercations that they had right before that, mm-hmm. even with Nipsey. And it wasn't not to say that it was his fault or not, but there are preventative measures that can be taken even when you out there chilling on a random Sunday without your security guard. Like that shouldn't happen. I can't hire my homeboys to carry pistols and be secure. Like your God, was saying a song, you may feel safer that way. And you may also say that these bodyguards, they're not gonna lose their life for me, but that's what you pay them for. You pay them for that. Right. Uh, security or I mean, cliche, I mean, you paid them right. for to, to feel that security. And for Fabulous Wait. or Jim Jones to say, oh, this is a dangerous job. You can take a whole lot of steps where this job is dangerous. Cause it's a lot of rappers moving around out here that ain't in harm's way because they move Wait. at this like a profession. If you're Zoe Dollars, what, how do you avoid that if you just pulled up Mm-hmm. And you're sitting outside about to go do a part of your job, which is a club appearance, it's part of your job. You haven't even started, you haven't even clocked in yet. Right. Like no, no, you haven't even hit the clock yet. You just you just parked the car. Everybody doesn't have the the money to move with armed security. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be naive to think that just because he's a rapper, he's able to afford that. But the the most important thing to being successful, you you gotta plan shit out. Like you gotta have a strategy. Like I can't be sitting outside the club rolling one up with my home girl just because I'm Zoe Dollars and I'm finna go to Tiana Taylor party. Like you know better than anybody, Zoe Dollars, uh, Mo3 in your own city probably is where you're gonna be, Dobie. That's those are the places where people know you, they know how you move. So you have to alter how you move once you've gotten to a certain level. You can't just think I'm Casanova, I can hang with the same crowd and not get indicted. Like that's gonna happen if you don't move or conduct yourself like a professional, I think what Fab's point is failing to point out, rap is dangerous if you're not acting like a professional, but people who move professionally, the danger cuts out twofold. Unless That's a good point. I agree with that. It took Mm -hmm. two times to get robbed in San Francisco to realize, wait, I gotta move different. Cause you don't know. If you don't quick. know that people know you. Yeah, it happens quick. You know, I will give you that. It that's what I'm happen. saying. So, like, even like somebody, people like us who do podcasts, like, 
it don't hit you that people actually listen to your podcast that you don't know until you wake up one morning and you done said some wild shit on your show and somebody right. somebody you don't even know is in your comments going in and you're like bro i don't even know you like that what are you talking about he, well, yeah exactly and but, like, <laughs> I, like two chains he was lacking he said that and like he he will admit that he was lacking because regardless of how famous you think you are or how real you claim to keep it like niggas is like looking at you like a chick. Like, I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck if you ain't got but one song out. My nigga, I seen you on TV. You got to have something. Come on okay. with it. You're speaking from a standpoint of someone that's looking into this and a grown man looking into this. True. Where do you learn this at? Unless it happens. Is history. It has happened. And, I mean, you can't, you can't not acknowledge it. Yeah. You're asked, but you're asking someone like King Von or somebody like Quando Rondo who were born probably in 99. Uh-huh. To understand what happened when East Coast and West Coast didn't get along. Allegedly. That goes to but my it, point. But this is their profession, though. Yeah. Like, there's no other profession in the world where you, you would tell somebody you don't need to know about this in order to do it. Like, these niggas can sit up here and say, I don't listen to Pac. I don't listen to Big. I don't know anything about that. That's cool. It's fair if you can get away with it to be a rapper. But you still got to know what happened. Like, you right. can't run from what happened and know how that man got killed if you plan to do this because the same shit can happen to you. Like, and unfortunately, there's been examples since Pac and Big, absolutely. you know, so so like you don't have to go back. Yeah, if you if you look back at okay, King Von, he was here when Nipsey when when the Nipsey thing happened, and it's just so it's unfortunate that we have enough examples, but now it's to the point where I don't think every generation, unfortunately, has has lost one of their artists. It may not have been their favorite, but. An artist has been lost due to the same thing. So I get what you're saying, Jeff, it, it, and you're you're right. You're not you're not wrong. But I I just look at it from the perspective of history has shown us this. I don't think there's a, a rapper in his mom's basement right now that doesn't know about rappers being deadly, and True. and and dying. You mm-hmm. got to move the right way, and that's a responsibility that not to not to put it on the person, but it is on you to carry yourself that way. When we speak of professionalism, you're asking a lot of somebody who may not even look at this as a professional job. They're looking at it like they just rap. It's like even a drug dealer gonna tell you, hey, this I ain't got a job, I sell drugs. You still gotta conduct yourself accordingly if you ain't trying to go to jail and get killed. Same thing with rap, same thing. Like even if you are a professional football player versus being in college or high school, like there's certain things that you can get away with and do with your body when you're trying to be a professional, as opposed to when you're a professional, like, okay. ain't no, right. like with some guys, it ain't no clubbing and shit like that. No more LeBron treat his body like a temple. Same thing should happen when you King Von or Nipsey, like this, this is my business, my nigga. I love to stand out here on a Sunday right. at chop gang with y'all niggas, but I can't. What kids and what we would have to hammer home and to steal it from Nori with the hip hop. What does he call it? A, a rapper uh, union. Rapper union. Yeah, that would be a great place to put that in. Send Absolutely. Great champs podcast. I think new rappers would have to understand from older guys like Fabulous when they make statements like this. Is like rap doesn't have to be a dangerous job. Yeah, he could be a teacher moment and tell him like you just need to take this shit seriously. Like, this is a real deal. Like, this is a, a career. This is a job, my nigga. Like, you can't be lacking when you go places and expect to walk out on the other side because there are dangers attributed to this job. 
So I can't go to the club, like I said, and just roll up my nigga. I can't just go everywhere with my homeboys. It ain't gonna be fun all the time. It look fun on TV, but that's a part of the job for me to make that shit look fun to you. <laughs> yeah. Then I gotta go home and have fun off camera. So just yeah. a word to the wise. All right. Next quick hit before we get to our albums of the year discussion. Actually, we got two more left. Um, these next two will come from the platform Clubhouse. If you two guys are familiar with that, it's the brand new social media app. Uh, people still are still not in, still not in yet. Man, I no. sent you an invite. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, they looked at my credentials and they said, nah, I don't you gotta it, watch man. Lou, Chris. You gotta watch Lou. <laughs> But I did, I was able to get in there uh, with the invite. And here recently, there was a QC employee in a room talking about the battle of Jeezy and Gucci Man that we got to see about a month ago. And she said, the employee said, uh, that P said, once they got in the car, that Gucci Man says, and I quote, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. And what he meant was talking about uh, the song, what's the name of the song? The Truth. The, the truth. truth. Playing the Truth. <laughs> being that type of aggressive towards Jeezy and then the energy that Jeezy had. My question to you guys, is he right? Should he have regrets about that performance or should he live with it? And that adds to the legend of Gucci man. I mean, I think, I think you, I think it's a good thing that he's feeling bad about it. Uh, personally, you know, I think Gucci is Gucci. I don't think that this situation changed it. It shows a level of growth and maturity that, that's important in hip hop because we're looking at we're looking at the last topic that we talked about and some of those issues come from literal beefs and, and, and tension and some of them come from just people you know looking to capitalize on a moment but some of them come from very real beefs and everybody that knows the history which we don't have to get into that situation is is very real so I'm happy that it it shows that you know beefs that go as serious and as deep as that and, and as real as that can be solved over time we just have to not let it get to those points where it can go very left so i mean that's the that's the serious way of taking it i mean i'm sure we could we could joke about it if we wanted to but uh but but seriously i think that that's a good thing and it shows growth and maturity and gucci's been growing and maturing the last couple of years so i think that this this all makes sense that's probably the most people that gucci has been in front of at one time in his career Mm. Is he a legend? Is he a street legend? Of course. Is he a mixtape? Yeah. Of course. Does he has he carved out his own niche as far as working with different artists and things like that from Atlanta? Of course. But it was three million people in that room. Mm. You know what I'm saying? CNN that, reported yeah. about this. CNN, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, is, this is the most people right. ever he's ever been in front of, and he is remembered as the guy who performed a song about killing a man in front of the friend of the man who he killed. And smoking his ashes. And smoking his ashes. Like, you know, that's what he's remembering in a $10,000 outfit. My thing is, I think he's looking at it as a blown opportunity. Because at, he'll never be around that many people again. Mm -hmm. But Jeezy came out looking like the better person. You two brought up some great points and piggybacking off the last, last uh, topic. It's very, well, it happens to us a lot probably. You know, you walk out of a situation, you may have overreacted, you got in an argument with somebody, you probably said something like, damn, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have went that far. It's about being a professional, professionalism. Jeezy was being more professional at that point. And what that's going to add up to is a lot more opportunities for him as opposed to Gucci, man. It's easy to be what you've always been. 
to lean into the I'm a street nigga, a street legend. I'm gonna get up here and let him know that he disrespected me. I'm gonna get up here and let everybody know I don't fuck with him. That ain't being professional though. Like you here to do a job. What you here to do is play these songs, entertain these people, not carry your grudges to the stage. Like you said, Jeff, you brought up a great point. And once you get to the car and you think about it, you see how big Jeezy was in his approach and how small that it made Gucci look on a, a big level. I know street niggas is like, nah, y'all crazy. Gucci mm -hmm. wanted, Gucci did his thing. Yeah, to you, and that's cool. If he want to stay in that space forever, if he wants to be a bigger man, he wants to be in a bigger space, he should have handled it the way that he thought about once he got to the car. And like you say, it, it don't take anything away from Gucci. He's still going to get his stuff off. He's still going to be in, in the limelight because of the things that he's done with hip hop. But as far as taking that next step, as far as talking about the point that we had last topic of being a professional and what professionalism can get you in this game is a lot farther than just carrying it like, um, oh, I know I was here. I ain't know how to handle myself. I'm just a rapper. What do you expect from me? Nah, like you're a professional. You are a professional artist, dude. So you got to conduct yourself as so. And I, when he got to the car, he probably didn't feel like he conducted himself as so. Uh, last quick hit before we get out of here and on to our albums of the year discussion just recently Meek Mill and academics got into a verbal spat again I know you're saying that verbal on, spat yeah for the aforementioned clubhouse academics was just uh, signed up I guess got his profile for clubhouse and they did the welcome room and 21 Savage mediated the conversation and like I say Meek Mill and Ack got into it about some posts uh, about some information that Ack supposedly said about Meek and they were yelling at each other and it got really ugly my question to you guys with Ack being fired from everyday struggle and now back to the blogs should rappers still even engage with this dude or just leave him where he be that's what i put is i put that if you're takashi or someone of that elk you should still be thirsting for the act plug but if you're somebody like a freddie gibbs like a meek mill look at the people that academics has actually really beefed with those are the people that they're not in that lane that academics has Whoever you pick is not destroying that connection with Ak and his fan base. So why engage? All it does is set you up to, to you know, get clowned and become a meme for a group of people. And it's a group of people that you don't care about, but still you're putting yourself in a position where it, there's really not much winning because people, people, I think for the most part, have their opinion on Ak. It, it, it's set in it's set in stone for the most part. It's a Jay Z lyric for pretty much everything in life, right? That's true. A wise man said, don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who. That's what Big Mill keeps falling for. That's what Gibbs fell for. You got to ignore dude. You can't beat him at this game. Like you can't. Yeah. This is like, like you said, Chris, this is his lane. This is where his, his fans, his followers, his supporters, they're in the clubhouse. They're on his vlogs, his blog, they're on his Twitch channel. They're on his Instagram live. You can't beat these dudes. Like, they they're, come they're, to him for that. Man, yeah. that's what that's how he became famous. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're feeding into it and knowing good and well, if you saw him anywhere outside of a public forum, he would tuck his tail. That's just who he is. He's admitted to this. He's I'm not a street dude. I don't want to fight nobody. I'm just telling you how yeah. I feel about your music. Yeah, he told me he called the police on him. Yeah, he literally said that. He said, I'll be honest with you. I called the police. Called like the police what? You. you said you greenlit me. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, me? You gotta know. I'm gonna leave this dude alone. 
Like I, yeah. I don't understand yeah. why people understand. He's fool. Is it, it? Lack of a better word, he's fool. Leave him alone. You can't touch him. He's off limits. Just let him exist over there in that world and move on. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you guys. As soon as he had said that response when he talked to Meek and he said, "I called the police and I sent them this video of you saying you greenlit me." Never in my life would I have another conversation with academics. I ain't got to talk to you. Like, bro, you already show your true colors. There ain't no reason that I got to talk with you. Freddie Gibbs commented, like you guys were saying, and he said, I see us niggas in there arguing with, uh, with Eck. I wouldn't even speak his name. I only killed my ops once. And that's the, pre that's the approach you got to take. I'm not gonna let him talk crazy about me consistently. I say something one time, I'm gonna dead him. He shouldn't ever speak my name again. And if he does, it shouldn't even reach my levels. Like I ain't right. even looking down at you no more, my nigga. Cause I already killed you. So you're down there and I'm up here. And I feel like that me, his feathers get ruffled too easily. Yeah. Like he responds, like even with the $20 situation, like, even if that was, I ain't gonna say whether I agree or disagree with that, cause that's a whole nother topic, but the response makes you look even worse. Man, like you mm -hmm. responding to people about you giving $20 to the kids. And it seems like every other week, me going back and forth with somebody about something that just makes him look a little bit smaller. You know, it, it's cool that everybody knows now, like the police literally documented, yeah, we got our info, info from Vlad. And that's been a huge debate for, for eons, but you again, it's the same shit with academics. If you're stepping into that world, know that you're stepping out of your world and into that world. What do you say about people that are saying that they knew or know what Vlad does to the rappers or people that go up there and incriminate themselves? Those are people who don't understand how certain things go. Like, mm -hmm. even, even if I agree you should understand the situation and know, all right, man, I get what you're doing. Let me not answer these questions. But on top of that, you shouldn't be asking those questions unless you are paid by law enforcement to get answers to those questions. <laughs> like, right. you, you literally said, so where did you actually sell drugs? Like, bro, why do you want to know this? Like, yeah, what, yeah. what is it how, many, how much drugs did you sell when you were in the project selling drugs? In yeah, 2012, right. with a t-shirt on with a charger out front. Like, dude, how do you know all this? In your rap, she said you killed two people. Was this this lady? that, that her, I have her name here. Like, yeah. you know what I'm it's saying? It's just like, weird. Yeah. They're, they're weird conversations that you usually don't have in, in hip hop culture. Like people aren't that direct. People don't want to know those type of details in settings like interviews. Like it's cool to have those conversations in studios or when people rap about it, they're like, it's talking amongst your friends. But the, the nasty thing about it is sitting there talking to Vlad and he's clearly got an objective to jam you up not everybody knows this stuff. And so this information needs to get out there. And so situations like this, like the, like the, I don't know if it was the FBI, the police, I don't, I, I don't know exactly who, but whoever put out the report saying that, that the Intel FBI. came from, yeah, the FBI. So the, the Intel came from Vlad. It, it takes things like that to, to let these people know and to let these younger artists know, because if you look at a lot of what he had, what Vlad has on his platforms, it's super young artists or it's super old artists that are, that are past their recording days or oh near God. the end of their recording days. Those people are going there looking for a moment. Vlad's looking for a different moment. It goes back to what Jeff said earlier. You just got to, 
we we have to form some type of something to get the knowledge out there that hey rappers you got to carry yourself professional you got to always make sure you have security plan schedule your stuff out and then hey you know these are the outlets that you can go to these not not necessarily that because then you create a whole you know kind of conspiracy of media elites but but these are but these are the informations that you should know about each platform or just even or just even saying do your research before you go on a platform yeah no not leading to an indictment Exactly. Yeah. Not at all. Hey, listen. If if the FBI ever calls on a Nardwar interview, man, we gotta we gotta rethink. He can find the information, though. I promise you that. He if anybody can find it, Nardwar can. Shout out to that. Oh man, man. that dude's a goat. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the quick hits, man. We'll get right into the topics. I'm glad I brought you guys on last week. Animal Brown and I that gave our top albums of 2020, our top 10 albums of 2020. Um, I'll give you guys the floor. I know you listen to the podcast. Any thoughts, concerns, mm-hmm. problems with the top 10 list overall? You want to go first, Jeff? Oh, I'll keep my list. You want to go keep, first? I'll keep mine short and sweet. Um, there's a couple of missing that I'm gonna talk about in mine, and that Nas disrespect's gotta stop. It just has to stop. He was on, he was six yeah. on my list. Sixth is this insane. In this year, King's Disease is not the sixth best rap album this year. Well, it was not. Uh, best we'll see on my. To be life. fair, though, it's it's preference. It was preference based, which yeah. is how like I did have a, uh, some people to reach out to me like, "Well, this is better than this." It's what I revisited or what we revisited, mm-hmm. Chris and I, the most of the year. So our you. favorite albums, which is how Forty Two Doug made number ten on my. Like I'm not putting Forty Two Doug above some of the other albums out there, but I, I liked it. There's this narrative going that I don't like Nas. I I, I love Nas, man. I, I like Nas as well. Uh, I don't know about that. He's not going for <laughs> Listen, listen. <laughs> I'll never, first album. Hey, I'll, I'll never forget that. Jeff, hold on. Let me, let me bring up this story real quick. Okay. I had Spike in 2018 i had him on my first ever hip-hop madness bracket that i did and it was all-time albums and we're in like the second or third round and illmatic goes up against uh life after death and and i'm and i'm bringing it down i'm like all right spike we're this is a podcast where we're coming to collaborative agreements on each decision so the bracket is not moving until we both agree on something And we go, I'll actually go. I was like, I was like, I know where you're going. I'm feeling life after death. I just like that album personally more. I don't disrespect Illmatic. Illmatic's one of the greatest albums. And, and Spike goes, yeah, I don't know how this album got this far. Yeah, I did, did no <laughs> clue how Illmatic even makes it that far. That, that is one of those albums. It was like the second round. <laughs> I have no idea how it even makes it out of the first round. Like that, that's oh, one of the, in my opinion, tough. it's one of the most overrated albums, like period. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. <laughs> I got to see that album perform live, and nah, man, I, yeah. when he did the 20 year anniversary, I got to see that. Nah, dog, that, that's it. See, yeah, and, that's and, special. What I yeah. will admit about the Illmatic album for me, that came out with '94, right? So I was, I was like heavily into South shit. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't want to hear anything New York. I'm gonna be honest with you. And then by the time that you know I started to appreciate New York rappers, that sound was dead. Like the sound that he did that album in that old like beep bop New York sound. So it was hard for me to even 
like it even once I appreciated the lyrics. I just don't like the sound. I don't like the sound. Man, you just keep doubling down on it. I just don't understand. You have you have so many opportunities to just go to just speak positively and then move on, but you just continue to double down on it and give it that little backhanded compliment here, backhanded compliment there. That's how I gotta be. I, I respect tough, it, man. but I, I never accept it. I respect you're it. You just get accept it. You're giving Vlad all the footage. You're giving Vlad all the footage. Way too much content. Oh, I was going to say for your li- for you guys' list, I had the same thing for both of you guys. I had the same comment. Love your love for Detroit music, but y'all both sleeping on Detroit too. And um, a lot of Griselda in there. And I'm not mad at it. Griselda, pretty much every Griselda album was damn near in contention. A few made it, but um, but only but only a few. So for me, I know it was a lot of Griselda, but y'all got to show some love on that D too, man. That was that was a special I didn't like project. Big Sean album, man. It was fluffy to me. Mm. It was like kind of fluffy. You you like disappointing, like especially over like that hardcore Griselda shit that was like, I thought that this would be Big Sean's year. What I expected, mm-hmm. if you go back and listen to the episodes, I expected this to be his blueprint. Like I expected this to catapult him into. Like not the fourth, like not people going Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, whoever, then Big Sean, or Drake. I forgot about Drake. Yeah. Not them going that big three, then Big Sean. I was expecting this album to make that big three or big four. And it just, it didn't do that. You're absolutely bugging, man. I, maybe I need to double back on it too. I want to ask you guys comment. What I was most proud of, and probably my favorite, one of my favorite albums, why I put it top three, was that Shane Award? Did you guys get to listen? Oh to yeah, and a I listened round? to it. I listened to it literally the other day because I was listening to your to your podcast and breaking down because I saw your list when when the episode when you guys first posted it. But then I listened to your episode a, a couple of days ago and I was like, the way you talked about it. I mean, if you mention anything to Pippa Butterfly Spike, no, you, you know that's just a cheat code for me to check it out right away. I did it. Just- so I so I did. It's a good project. It, it's a good project. I would have to yeah. sit with it more. Like I don't think it would crack my top ten, but maybe if I if I had more time with it, it might have. Because it was a damn good album. No, I know I agree one hundred percent. Like that, that surprised me a lot. Like that mm-hmm. was definitely on my um. I'm check. I'm I'm signed up for that person going. I'm Che Noir going forward. Like whatever they got. Yeah. It's so high because it surprised yeah. me. Like I was yeah. just like, I know Rhapsody got bars, and you know most female rappers are gonna rap what they rap about. I'm not knocking that. It's hard for a male like us to sit down and be like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna listen yeah. to this while I play Madden or I want I take a road trip. Uh, to but to put an album in like hers and be able to do that, that shit was dope. I love her perspective that she was able to speak from. So, and Jeff, you spent a lot of time in Detroit too, right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah, 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 yeah. Got my two Detroit natives on here. Perfect to come in. So, of course. I guess we'll <laughs> add on to the Detroits of the list. I'll start with, uh, well, actually, I'll just throw it out there. Let's go 10, 9, 8 for both of you guys. Okay, Jeff, hit the, you can go first. All right, so 10. Man, I'm going to be real. My list has changed twice today to just today. At 10, <laughs> I got Stove, Stove Guy Cooks, Reasonable Drought. Love that album. I love man. It's a great, it's a great, that's a great album. That's my guy. In nine, this is for Lou. I got Libra, Ti. Mm. And then I was mad I couldn't my, put Ti on mine, man. That's a good album, man. Yes. It's it, it's it's long. It's twenty some songs, but 
the one with Killer Mike, the one with Rick Ross, the one with his son, like it's a it's it's some stuff on there that's like oh, keep playing. And this one, I, I have it at eight right now, but I guarantee by the time we come back and look at this again, this is gonna be higher up on my list and other people's too. So help me God, two chains. Mm. That's a good album. Mm. People say if you take good. away on, the Chief Key feature and the Rick Ross feature and that one club song. He got Rick one. Ross. You don't like the song with Rick Ross? Well, it's okay. It's okay. It's nah, okay. it's good. He nasty. But the chief, the chief, but it's 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 in between my two favorite songs, my three favorite songs. Mm. Like it's is the it kind of sticks out a little bit, but it's it's okay. But the one with Chief Key's gotta go. What you got, Chris? <laughs> okay. Um again, going off you, Spike. So it's gonna sound it's gonna sound crazy, but these are the albums I just listened to the most this year, flat out the most rap albums because i listen to a lot of r&b this year too but um that's besides the point so with my rap albums i got number 10 god bless the child nick grant and tay beats that ep was just fire it's only five tracks but man do i love the do do i love the bars on that i'm still catching bars every time i listen to it black yes. windows is literally one of my most listened to songs this year um and then number nine, I got SOS John Connor. You knew whatever John Connor dropped whenever it was going to be on my list because that's my that's my guy. And after five years of not having a project, man, he put together SOS and and it was very it was a very very good project that I that I listened to a lot. It, it had it had a lot of tracks on there, but it had a little bit of everything, which is what I would want from a John Connor album that I've gone away from five years without. I would like to hear John Connor do the girl song the the introspective song the the bar heavy song the cypher song the you know so it so it was a lot of tracks but it but it gave me everything that i wanted from five years of absence and then number eight i got that new beginnings reason album that album is just so see so smooth i love i love that album um but every album that jeff mentioned too I, i love i got legitimately like 30 40 albums that i love i love this year reason had one of my favorite songs of the year on that album with the um, when he talking the about the top dog one, absolutely. What's the name of that? Yeah. Black Widow, uh, Window Pain, something. Window, cr- Window Cry, right? Windows Cry, yeah. That's, I love that song. That's probably yeah. gonna repeat. I need to add it to a playlist. Um, nice, nice start, nice start there. This is Man. this is off the subject. Why isn't he a bigger star, Nick Grant? He's so good. Cause there's a Drake. Like, ain't he Drake? Don't he sing? Ain't he the same thing and sing? No, he got he got bars like crazy. Like, like he's like if you go back and listen to his last album, um, and it, uh, dreaming out loud, dreaming out loud. There's no reason it's not one of the biggest albums that came out that year. It has everything. Yeah, there. I have to double back. One person I can tell you why they're not a bigger star is John Connor, and that's because it's his yeah. name. I've always said that dude can rap his ass off, but that name just like you got to change that dude. I even can become the artist formerly known as John Connor, like become Terminator or some shit like that, man. Just the John Connor name is dead. That's done. Nah, right. that's... What do y'all got next? Four, seven, six, and five. All right. So my seven is the El Chapo Deluxe, mm. my album of the year last year. Jim Jones drops a deluxe with fifteen mm-hmm. new songs. You heavy numbers, Jimmy Bad Bandwagon boy. It's not not enough is said about Jim Jones going from never having rap from Confession of Fire to now probably being having a better discography than Cam. Oh. Jimmy might have a better discography than Cam. Who you giving diplomats to, Cam or Jimmy? 
I mean, Camp started it, but if if like who's that album? Who's discography does that album go to? Because that's going to determine who's got the better discography. The uh, diplomatic community it goes to both. They goes to both because they own the same amount of songs. Mm. Then after Purple Haze, it's like ooh, yeah, well, yeah then you fall off because yeah. yeah. Jimmy has, Jimmy okay. been strong from the wham from the gate. Yeah. Jimmy, like, I've always liked Jim Jones albums yeah. with the On My Way to Church. Yep. Um, um, Diary of a Summer, Diary of a Hustlers, 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 Poem. Yeah, yeah. recency yeah. bias, but that El Capo is just so good. <laughs> like, yeah. so Jim Jones good. know how to make good music, man. Yeah, he's he learned, he learned anything from Cam. Is that he knows? So how to make good music. that's number seven, the El Chapo Deluxe. Then in number six, I got From a King to a God, and number five, I got Pray for Paris. Mm. So real Griselda right there, Griselda. <laughs> dominating the year again. Chris, what you got? Yeah. Okay, I got okay. This 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 section of I'm glad we're doing it in threes because this section is gonna get spiked all the way riled up here. <laughs> all right, number seven, it just dropped, but it's my it, it's my shit, and it's only growing on me more. That's what they all say, Jack Harlow. I number six, I got Jack Harlow in there. Nine, I got three. King's Disease. I got King's Disease. Nas, right with you, Spike. We, six. Number right. six, and then number five, I got Eternal to Take Lil Uzi. I don't believe that. I don't believe. It. I haven't listened to that little Uzi, but I do not believe it made your top five albums of the year. No, I'm Uzi. I'm a Uzi guy, like through and through. Like I'm telling you, like my Uzi takes are wild. If you want, if really? you want my Uzi takes, my Uzi takes are like, I think he can give us a love below. If he wants to get in his artist bag, I see so much potential in Uzi. I'm not mad. At you. I'm not I'm mad. At you. And Uzi can rap, and Uzi can rap too. That's a crazy thing. He can bar up like some of our favorite rappers. I see, I'm not I tried even to joking. Listen to that album, and it was just like it, it went over my head. No, he I didn't do it on that. He didn't do it on that. Yeah, it was just good music. But yeah. um, but I'm waiting for that Uzi. Like I'm I'm older. I'm out of my party shit. I want to give you bars and art artistry shit. I, it's to, coming one day. I'm gonna die on that leave. hill. He had to leave DJ Drama. Go back to the Jack Jack Harlow with DJ Drama too, right? Yeah. Yep. What does that album sound like? It's and it's did you just, listen to it at twelve oh one? No, I actually didn't. I actually only listened to it a couple of days ago because normally I listen with my with my my best friend. We link and we listen to all the midnight drops together. That's kind of our thing, and then we talk about them and stuff. But um, Jack Harlow, who's uh, I put him on to Jack Harlow, and he loves Jack Harlow too, but. We didn't end up linking that day. We ended up linking uh, a couple of days later and I listened to it. And it's just the, the especially those first five songs, the way they're sequenced, they flow right into the next. Uh, his flow is always smooth. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's an album that's just really, really listenable. And it got it gave me the balance I wanted from Jack Harlow. It gave me it gave me some party songs, but it gave me some I'm going to kind of get a little bit more introspective, like the outro. The outro, I would I would really like you to listen to the outro at least of that album, Spike, because it's uh it, it it's got some stuff on there. I'm gonna check He's it got out. Some... The reason being, uh, because what's popping is one of those songs where like you'll change it if somebody got in the car because you don't want them to hear you listening to it. Like you like if somebody walked up and seen you singing, it you'll stop. But I secretly enjoy what's popping. I ain't gonna lie. I it's like a great that. song. It is. All right, so that was the top bottom five now we got the top five we will go four three two and then you guys will reveal your number ones okay together so All four right. three two jeff so at four i got gangsta gibbs um I've, I've come around on gibbs 
Uh, it took the last two for me to do it, but yeah, they, I can't front on it, man. The, the subject matter is there, the the bars are there, the beats are there. Uh, that's definitely my number four. My number three, Lou, you and I called this guy when he first dropped. Is a young one. We said the, the young one. This one, young guy, special, little baby. Um, you know, yep. for that generation is the album of the year. I'm just a little bit older, so I can't digest some of that stuff. But I definitely love it. I love what he stands for. I love what he's doing. He's if I was of that generation, he would be my favorite rapper right now. Absolutely, he'd be my like Jeezy. He would be yeah. Jeezy for me if That's I. That's what I'm saying. Like, like there's no question. So it'd be no fucking yeah. question. <laughs> he's, that, no, he's that for me. Oh. He really is. Like yeah. him, Uzi are that for me. Yeah. And then number two, King's Disease. Mm, the fact that, the fact you're a Nas, that, you're a Nas apologist, no, man. I'm not. I'm not. That's not no, man. y'all give Nas like Nas will put a mediocre album out, and niggas would be like, ah, that's not true. I if if you really knew what I felt about Nas, you I I love Illmatic. I love it was written. It gets a little in after them two. <laughs> it gets a little in after those two. But those are you know that's I'm with those two out the gate. That King's but, Disease is good. Though. I ain't gonna. I don't it's want very it's really good. good. It, it brought you back to that because you have that mistake with Kanye, which could have been great, which could have been great. Should have been great. Should have been great. It just sounds rushed. It sounds horrible. Yeah. It wasn't ready and everything else. But you, you forget about that and go straight from life is good to this. Man, that's a walk-off career right there, man. The double CD miss is probably one of the biggest misses that you can have because there's so much expectation for it. There's only been three mates. No, no, okay. Wait, there's only three double CDs worth listening to. Oh, okay, give them to me. Oh yeah, Life I was gonna say death. a lot of people tried it. Everybody tried. Yeah, okay. Life after death. Life after death. All eyes, All on, eyes me. on me. Diplomatic immunity. Mm. Those are the only three to me. Like if you you can trim Blueprint two down to one great disc. Yeah, Blueprint two out of there. Like, I tried to go forever. back on that. It wasn't. Wu-Tang Forever is a good album, just too many songs. Like they yeah. did two complete albums. Like, nah, I don't That's need true. that. What about Who the eight ball lost? What? That was three. See, we don't need three. Definitely don't need. We never. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was like, like that Slim Jimmy, that Ray Tremor. That shit was crazy. Yeah. I mean, and then games, games documentary two. Oh yeah, a, that's one. That's one for it's, me. So four. It's four. That's one for mm. me. Yeah. What about uh, that Scarface? You forgot uh, about that one, my homies. For my homies. Forgot about but you my gotta homies. remember that one, my homie. Yeah, but you gotta remember that one had it was like, like a compilation, compilation yeah. towards the end. Like it, it previewed, it brought out Devin the yeah, dude. It was some rough swath house niggas yeah. on them, man. Ooh, yeah. A lot of rap, a lot of rappers we would never need to hear from them. <laughs> Didn't need to hear from them then. Yeah. <laughs> we got off on a tangent there. Chris, tell us your top uh, what, what, four, four three, three and two. two. Okay, so number four. Um, by the way, I want to I want to mention this. You I saw you mentioned Alfredo. You guys both had on your list. That's the album that killed me that it didn't make the list. You didn't put Alfredo on your list. I love that album. That's it's impossible. What, it's my no. Listen, you know I love I love Freddie Gibbs Spike, and that's my favorite of his last couple projects. But it just barely missed the cut. Like I looked at my music stats, and I was like, well, statistically, I listen to these more. And if I really think about it, like, like maybe by the end of the year, I'll be, I'll probably, I'll probably bump something for it just because of how hurt I was when it, when it didn't make it. Um, it's like, it's like as honorable of a mention as it can be, but uh, 
my number four, looking like your list uh, and uh, Animal Browns, I got Allegory Royce to five nine. Love it, L. The beats are that. crazy. Royce's rapping that. is exceptional, um, and it's just it's just great. It's just a great album. Number three, I have Burden Approved Benny the Butcher and Hip Boy. Classic. Yeah, it's a great great a album. Classic album. I I want it to be a classic. I it I. Is. I hope I hope it's I hope it I hope it is a classic. I think it will be, but um the the two I have above it are are just are are just albums that I listen to by far the most. And the number two for me is Limbo Amine. What? That Amine album Limbo. It is crazy good. First of all, I thought that his name was anime. Is that no. what you're talking about? That guy? Yeah, Same Amine. Guy. Oh, I've been pronouncing his name wrong. <laughs> totally totally uh on brand for me but the guy from la right he's from uh portland yeah well west coast he made my top 10 list one year on here surprisingly and he was on the xxl list now you're telling me that this is the number two album of the year for you for me absolutely he's 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 really good at to me he's really good at blurring that line of giving me the fun young shit that we that i like at 24 but also giving me the bars like Mm. and and giving me some some good punchline and he just i like rappers that are very charismatic and a lot of rappers try to be charismatic and it doesn't work but for me he just like it works he had one line about being ugly and it just, it worked. Like it's a, it's a line that not many artists could write and pull off, but it works. And I'm blanking on it right now because it's on one of my favorite songs, but he just has that perfect balance of personality and actual bars. If you listen to him, you're going to notice a lot of Kanye influence for sure. There's literally songs that sound straight up Kanye. And, um, but you're going to also notice that he's got some slick he's got some slick bars in there he's got some slick and he's got some nice melodies he's, it's well balanced um it's just a really really good album man i'm gonna check that out because like i said I, i've the album that i remember listening to of him was really good yeah it's great there's only two misses on it but the right. but the rest is so good that it's worth it um, that's on my list before that jack harlow actually I yeah, bet, I bet. Blue There's blue. a lot before that Jack Harlow. You just bump that Jack Harlow down, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to turn that Jack Harlow on. So we finish up, man. <laughs> play Madden. I'm about to listen to that Jack Harlow. That's what I'm gonna listen to. The anime playing the Madden. Amine, Amine, put some respect on my guy's he name. Come on, right, that looked like anime. It looks like it says anime. I, th- I thought it was some whole like. The anime yeah, but culture he there's into. there's a little swag over the e so amine seems like it works amine. i don't know is that french what i don't i don't know what it is but it's but his album's hard <laughs> all right guys number one album of 2020 time this is your most enjoyed album of this year not necessarily critically acclaimed the best but what you found yourself gravitating to the most man this is a classic this is this is the the first classic rap album post to me, post victory lap, is Benny the Butcher. Okay. This is this is everything I need in the rap. I don't need not bad. beats. I got I got I got lyrics. I got some cool hooks, not too many hooks. I got mm-hmm. a lot of ball. Like, it's what I need, man. I got a lot, a lot of substance, a lot of storytelling. This is it, and yeah. this is my album of the year. Thanks. And if it wasn't for, I mean, yeah, man, this is. I think this is one of those few projects that, because we live in this microwave society now, but this is one of those ones that as we go on, like mm-hmm. a victory lap, 
like a uh, Good Kid, Mad City, like a uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. These are one of those albums that you're going to come back to. Yeah, I, I love it. Love, love, love. I know for Animal Bride and I were saying this because both of us had that one. one. For our generation, is just it reminds us of like rap how we remember. That's mm-hmm. that's probably what pushed it for me to go from four and a half to five like a classic because it's it's one of those albums that I remember like reading the review at the back of the source and waiting on the motherfucker to come out and seeing the cover and like I cannot wait and popping it in in the in the car as soon as you leave uh, what media play blockbuster whatever. <laughs> It felt like one of those albums, and yeah. just the, the straight throughness of it. That's what made that album like classic to me. So I definitely, I'm, I'm rolling with that. Chris, what you got, yeah. bro? I mean, I agree with everything you guys said about Burden of Proof. Just because I have it number three doesn't mean I don't regard it just as high. Because man, that album is great, and I think it, I think it is a classic. Um, but my number one, come on, you know where it's going. It's Detroit too. Is hands hands down for me. (laughs) Hands, listen, this is not a contest. This is my personal friend. I looked at my Apple Music stats, the Limbo, my number two album, right? I play that album not front to back, but like total number of songs. I played it about 90 times. I've I played a song off that album. Detroit Mm -hmm. 2 was over 500, and that was two weeks ago. So it's probably even higher since it's an album that has just a always always sat in my rotation since the moment it dropped and i have so many songs off there i i really only don't care for one and the one is the young thug one but when that comes on i don't like hate it it's literally the rest of that album excluding the skits because the skits are the skits but which are cool by the way and i love them but um except the erica Badu one, that was kind of just weird yeah. that was just that one's only just in there so that he can get that song off with janae and they can do their 2088 thing but but I love every song on that album. I mean, it's just it's just has tremendous replay value to me. I think Big Sean leveled up tremendously in his in his ability to structure songs and to and to just put more of his personality into it. He didn't even it wasn't even necessarily that he gave us the lines about him and Janae losing a baby or that he had a he had a heart disease when he was 19. Like it wasn't just the fact that he did those things. It was it was also just he he was just more open about everything and he his writing was better his his flows were more on point there was uh i know the thing with sean is that you know for some people they just don't like the way he raps and they don't like his corny bars but there wasn't really corny bars on this album to me it was it was all a bunch of it was all a bunch of good bars that like i really love and so I think it's it's just the it's a perfect thing for me. It had melodies, it had good features, and it had the rap rap stuff that I love. Like I love when an artist gives you a lot of bars and over twenty tracks, he gave he gave a lot of that. So I thought it was a I thought it was a fantastic album, and I I think it's a classic to me personally. But I don't know if the rest of hip hop feels that way. But it's it's a great great album. They don't. I think I think a lot of people do. I I think a lot of people do. A lot of people that I talk to hold that in high regard. And it's a, at the very least, people will say it's Big Sean's best album by far. It does have one of my favorite songs of the year on there with Deep Reverence. That's probably oh, my top, great song. Top five Love this. Song of the year. 
yeah. do love that song. So <laughs> number one albums, I had Benny the Butcher, Jeff had Benny the Butcher, mm-hmm. Chris, you had Detroit 2. Yep. That are those are our top 10 albums of the year. Of course, you can go back to last week, check out Animal Brown and myself's top 10. This week, we were welcome to have uh, Big Jeff and my guy Chris Platt to give their top 10. Before we get out of here, I want to know outside of the top 10 album, an album, a couple of albums that you would mention that you want people to know that registered on your scale. Uh. I'll go Starlito, Paternity Leave. Love that album. Slim Thug, Thug Life, and Run, the Juice, and Run the Juice 4. Nice. Okay. That's what you got. Well, uh, I mentioned a lot of, I mentioned a lot of them, or you guys mentioned a lot of them. Uh, My Turn, Little Baby. Again, that's a, just a, a great, great album. Um, Reasonable Drought, Alfredo, those state of mind. Um, and then I really, really loved the, um, the dude blast from uh from the west coast he's like kind of more r&b than rapish but it's technically labeled a rap album it's called no love lost it's blast but the a is an x um he's a really really dope artist and uh, he puts he doesn't do anything that's different but he's just really good at making contemporary r&b rap ish type music so um i i really love that album as well but yeah, there, there was a lot of good projects this year. Honestly, I could say I walk away with like 30 projects I really like. In a quarantine, it was a good year for rap. Wow. Yeah. I got one, I got one more too. And uh, one more. Payroll, Spirit of a Boss. That was mm. probably one of my... Yes. Payroll, that was good out on me. I need to listen to that. Yeah, if I had to name a couple boss. outside of the list, definitely that Slim Thug, like you said, Thug Life, My Shoes is one of my favorite songs of the year. Easily. Uh, probably be a surprise for the people that listen to this show and you two guys, NLE Chopper from Dark Tonight. <laughs> I like that album. I did. That was that was that. I, I went to listen to that. It was I was doing research for our show, and I was like, it's it's pretty smooth. So he had one more that came out either before or after that this year too. But this is the one from Dark Tonight. Uh, that Juicy J, Juicy J, excuse me. The hustle continues. Too recent for it to me to make my list, but he did a damn good job on that album with his features and um putting it together. Great production as Juicy J always does. Shut the fuck up. And lastly, and probably the most surprising, the EP. Chris, you did tell me to listen to it. Told me I would be surprised. My guy, yes, my guy, Russ Chomp. Yeah. That Russ Chomp, those four songs. He got spitters on there, Jeff. I'm telling you, I think he went and got Conway. He went and got it Black Thought. Benny. It was Benny. Benny. Yeah, Benny, like Black Thought, Absol. And he like got a primo beat. Niggas just can rap. And he got yeah. on there and he rapped with them. And it was it was entertaining. No, trust me, Jeff. I, I, I could tell by that face you're not a Russ guy. And trust me, neither am I. Like, by I like far. That's I do guy. not. I, I I hate on that dude. I hate I've on that dude. I've done a complete 180 on Russ. I hated I'm, him at first. That is my guy now. The, the, I'm definitely getting the, punched in the back of the head by him. He has I, one of the best quotes from a rapper of this generation. It's like, you were talking shit and did a diss song about me, and I walk up to you. How could you not expect to get hit in your mouth? Like, what do you think yeah. is going to happen, dude? And then he, yeah, he doubled that down. I'm Italian. We love talking with our hands. That was a slick bar. Yeah, I love it, dude. Like, yeah. I like Russ. No, he, I'm on the Russ Listen. Band, like, 
he can't make girl songs. I stand by that. I, I'm not. I'm not liking his girl songs. That, um, the, the song that made me like him is a girl song. Uh, that's crazy. I didn't even know it was Russ. That's crazy. I can't even think of it. If like you know, it was really popular. And you talking about Detroit too? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. That chop is banging. He should have had. Yeah, no, it is. If he he can rap, rap like yeah, man, it's crazy. if if he just gives me projects with bars, I'm good. He he done this thing on that. I'm telling yeah, you, that girl thing he can keep to side. You're gonna be surprised if I promise you that, man. So yeah. that was a great discussion about the albums of the year. We glad you guys dropped in to join us for that. Definitely appreciate it. Before we got here, we're gonna give some wins as some losses as we do on deck style. The first W goes out to Meek Mill. He gave away two million dollars to a youth foundation in Philly to help with inner city schools. That's dope. Comment. Thanks. Just Dark keep prayers. just keep the phone. Just keep the phones off the kids with the water. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Stop giving twenty dollars out. You got to put this head. You got to put this headline out after that. Right video. after. Yeah, yeah. You got it. I I was looking and searched and found that we didn't really get to talk about the twenty dollars. I would rather talk about this. Another L goes out to hip hop legend Pepper from the Salt and Pepper fame. Uh, she's suing her surgeon. Third botched butt surgery. Third botched butt surgery. She tried to get the butt fixed. That's tough. How you do it three times? Though? Yeah. I can see the one and then Wait, the second for the Did fix. she go to the same person? I think it was the same person. That's, yeah, that, that's you all I need. for that. the one and then maybe the two to get that fixed. But once you go back a third time, you just got to. No, 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 no. I don't care if he's doing free corrections. Nah, we we yeah. we go with that. Yeah, I don't we even want the free correction after the second fuck up. My mind. No, 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 no. Take we out of here. Take them what a man royalties and push it royalties. Go see Doctor Miami. Get it done right. Man. Hey, but look, that's the thing though. Like if you go back and listen, look at what a man video. Like Pepper had a nice it's body. She yeah, was thick. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what yeah. happened. Damn. Thumb uh-huh. leg didn't crack. I'm just All gonna right. throw it out there. Women can have natural bodies. Love it, love it. Absolutely, they can. <laughs> Last W uh, that we have before we get out of here. Bun B is to partner with the CDC to voice the importance, as Jay Ho from the FSP podcast does, Big Jeff, to take the vaccine. He wants people in the black community not to be scared to take the vaccine. Thoughts? Y'all taking the vaccine? I honestly, I honestly, I think so, but it's kind of reluctant and it's not, it's not a, I'm not a conspiracy guy. You tap it into that first batch. That's my thing is like, is like, I just look at it. Like if you want to make a joke, like the first iPhones always suck. You always got to patch them in a week. So, you know, I just think that's a logical human thing. Like things get better over time. The first batch probably ain't the, probably ain't hitting right. You know, like an I am or, legend, man. It's gonna be I am legend. <laughs> or that first batch gonna be hitting too hard. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Put you all the way down, man. So, I'm I'm playing it by ear, man. I ain't, I'm not a like you said a major conspiracy. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am a conspiracy. No, yeah, I get I vaccines. Pick my, I pick my conspiracies. Vaccines are just not one of them. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna play this by ear. I want to stay safe and make sure that we do the right thing. But I ain't. I'm not first in line either. So. Yeah. I don't think anyone in Atlanta is first in line. No, y'all, 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 y'all out, out, out on COVID. Atlanta wide open. This is Wakanda. Yeah. Like I don't even think this. Well, I ain't gonna say that. Yeah. Being responsible, somebody to take that clip. But COVID was never down there. No, I'm no. <laughs> if, they, 
Listen, this take the Nas been... clip. If you're going to take any clip, take the Nas clip. Yeah, take I the Illmatic. <laughs> this has been the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lewis, another one in the books. I appreciate you guys joining us, dropping the albums off. You can catch us every Wednesday. Uh, support the real. Anything to say before you guys get out of here? No, nah, man. Happy to be here. Tell a friend to tell a friend each and every Monday for the FSP podcast and to keep it hip hop this weekend versus Too Short E40 for the Bay. Oh, can't wait to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm here for that. Chris, Tune. tell them where to find you at each week. All right. You can find me on social media at Real Chris Platty, C H R I S P L A T T E. I know you know how to spell real. And my podcast, Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk, you can find on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. I have an NBA podcast and a hip hop podcast, which everyone know everyone knows that uh, everyone here knows it. They gotta know it through the collaborations I've done with with the On Deck family. The On Deck family is well connected in the in the strictly hip hop family. So absolutely, um, I appreciate you guys for that. And we appreciate the love back, man. And we out.